Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Minimalist CEO Podcast with Nate Lindquist. Nate created the Minimalist CEO Method to help business owners redefine and grow their businesses by finding new demand in places they never thought to look where there's no competition. By following his opposite thinking strategy, Nate's coaching clients have grown their business up to 40% in just two months and created tens of millions of dollars in revenue. Nate himself has launched more than 140 businesses. On the show, Nate interviews successful business owners and experts who share the secrets you can use to have a better business and a better life. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Nate Lindquist here with the Minimalist CEO Podcast, and I'm pumped to have a guest here who gets it when it comes to marketing, building businesses. He's got a specialty, so I want you to pay close attention. We're going to get right to the point. Obviously, we're not talking about junk food marketing. We're talking about making a difference in your business, being effective, cutting away the waste. So without any further ado, introducing you now, I want you to meet. I actually haven't done any interviews with Jeremy, but you're about to meet Jeremy. I'm going to say right, Haug. Is it Haug? You got it. You got it perfectly. And he is the founder of B2B Business Experts. And he's got a really unique way of building his business. It's relatively new, but he's got a lot of experience in the space. So Jeremy, tell us a little bit about what you do and how you got into this business. Sure. Yeah. So I help B2B businesses, larger ticket items, longer sales cycle uh, with their marketing and sales process to maximize the amount of revenue they're generating from the leads that they're getting. I'm maximizing both the number of leads and then the actual closing of those. My background is I've worked at a consulting company. We were targeting uh, mainly chiropractors. So I was in that space for uh, almost seven years, really getting the marketing down, figuring out what works, what doesn't work, uh, where to spend our budget and where not to spend our budget. And uh, you know, I was in marketing and sales. I ran their, uh, their operations towards the end of it as the COO. So I kind of got a grasp of not only just generating leads that never convert, but actually generating leads that sales would accept and that would then close and become good clients. Awesome. And that's one of the biggest challenges in any business. I think it's you get the mindset piece, the how do we get new clients and, and leads and sales? And then I think the other piece is how do I run the operation? But you you seem to have touched on all of those. In the experience that you've had, obviously you started your business, you're thriving, it's growing. What is it that's allowed you to be unique in what I consider to be a very competitive market, marketing companies? Yeah. So I think for me, my first sort of stable datum that I took on was that uh, if I want to win as an agency, I want my clients to be winning. And so what I saw in the agency space was most companies, you know, will most agencies will charge this much for this much service and they won't go above and beyond that level of service because there's no upside for them. Right. So when the client wins, they only win to the sense that the client will stick around. But if you actually set up the business model where the more the client wins, the more the agency wins, um, and you actually charge less than all of your competitors, 
uh, you're more likely to have long-term success because now as an agency, you're bought into every client actually winning and succeeding uh, with the results rather than just based off activity. Because as an agency, you can sit back and say, well, I did what I said I was going to do. And the client's like, cool, but I'm not making any money. And you're like, yeah, well, that's on you. I generated the leads. So I switch it around and I go, look, I'm going to charge you less than most of my competitors. And then I'm going to charge you an upside whether that's based off leads, scheduled appointments, or actual revenue in the door. So you kind of have a joint venture relationship right out of the gate built into your model. Yes. Yeah, and basically. Also, so is there a vetting process when you choose a client to make sure they're actually they're doing a great job for their clients? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I basically find out, okay, what? how big is this organization? And you know, uh, one of the things I found is if the business is already making a million dollars, or at least you know, $500,000 to a million, uh, and sometimes more than that, uh, you know, you'll have an infrastructure in place. You know, if you're a solopreneur, it, you, it's very hard to have everything in place because, you know, you're busy doing QuickBooks and, uh, you know, handling taxes and random things that you're not really good at. And so I go through and I'm like, okay, what's your sales team look like? What's your follow-up process? What's your CRM look like? What's your operations? What are your deliverables? Because I go, okay, if I'm going to do my part and take on a risk. Cause for me, it's a risk. If I'm like, look, I, I crush it on the marketing and I generate a ton of leads and I'm helping with the follow-up and then their sales suck. Right. Uh, which is blunt, uh, but or their <laughs> operations suck. So like I've had clients where, you know, I'm like, cool, we, we can't close more clients because we're booked out for the next three weeks or four weeks of service. So we can't close new people because, you know, uh, we, they don't want to schedule four weeks out. They need this handled sooner. So I'm like, okay. So then I actually help with the operation side of things as well from a technology perspective. So they're not scalable. So some people, now do you get them when they're when they're maybe at the early phase of becoming scalable, but you kind of, you work with them to say, hey, maybe you ought to put this in place or maybe you ought to put that piece in place. You, so you, you, you're actually, you know, it's leads that turn into sales, that turn into revenue. You're sort of, you could be the engine in a company yes. that truly helps them look at what it's going to take to grow as opposed to just saying, hey, we can put some sales funnels up. I know what I'm doing. I'm opening up a can of worms here. We can put some sales <laughs> funnels up. We can have people put their name on a list or opt in on a landing page. And hopefully uh, that'll work for you. When that happens, just go and, and you know smash and grab and see if you win. So instead of doing that, you're actually saying, let's look at this holistically. Let's look at this as a long-term relationship for you for your clients and for your clients' clients. I don't know that I've ever heard that from the standpoint of a marketing firm. So um, now I told you in the, my background when we first talked, two decades of marketing and as an agency owner. And one of the first things I did when I left was go advise a bunch of marketing firms how to stop selling the Kool-Aid and start focusing on results and relationships. So you got you figured it out, it appears to be. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, my viewpoint is I want to create long-term relationships with each of my clients. And I tell them that I'm like, look, I want to be here for the next three to five years, 10 years until you're ready to exit your business or whatever it is. And if you're going to scale it and you're going to go to multiple locations or you're going to scale and exit it or whatever, whatever it is you do, I want to be there for all of it because I have the skill set where I'm like, look, I'm not just a Facebook marketer. I'm not just a Google advertiser, right? Like I don't just limit myself to that. I go, look, I want all your business. I want you to run all of your marketing through me and I want to run your CRM and I want to be your consultant. And, you know, like I want this long-term successful relationship where every year the client's making more money, their clients are obviously having fantastic results and I'm winning with the client. 
So you actually implement, you'll work with them inside their, their relationship management software as well. Yeah. Yeah. I find that a lot of clients don't have a CRM or don't have a good one. Uh, you know, like they don't, it's the mind of the organization. I think uh, a lot of people, they're like, oh, well, I have MailChimp. I send out emails. I'm like, cool. What about your notes? Are you calling people? Are you tracking your calls? Uh, do you know the interactions? Do you know if people are hitting your website and can you connect that data to everything else you're doing? Mm. Uh, because I find that, you know, if you don't have a full business model, you're not as likely to succeed with marketing. You know, mm. I have clients where I'm like, look, if you're only selling one service, even if it's a $5,000 product, but then you're never selling to that client again, that's a problem. You know, for me, my viewpoint is, you know, you need to have recurring revenue. Because uh, that stabilizes the business. So I'll consult on the business side a little bit, but a CRM really helps with that. So customer relationship management software. Because then you go, okay, cool. Hey, the sales guy said this, the operations person delivered this. Is it the same thing? And if it's not, then we can see all of that inside of the software. So Jeremy, with uh, B2B business experts, could you illustrate how much success you're actually having for your clients and in your business? And, and maybe you could illustrate that both from a financial goals that you've hit for the company, maybe the size of your company, maybe the success your clients are having, maybe all three. Sure, sure. Yeah. So I've got um, one client in the mold remediation space. You know, they were doing about, well, the first thing was they were running Google ads. And when I took them on, I found out that about the uh, 40%, 30%, 40% of their advertising was going to other states uh, where they could not deliver the service. So I handled that for them. So saved them a bunch of money right off the bat from a, a saving money perspective. And since then, uh, we've optimized and we've gotten, we've basically doubled the number of Google leads uh, that have actually scheduled uh, onto their calendar, right? Uh, scheduled appointments for them. And now their revenues up they were averaging about 60,000, 50, 60,000 a week. And uh, last week they hit 106,000. So almost double their weekly average. Gross revenue? Gross revenue for a week. Yeah. Wow. That's solid. That's good. Yeah. We've worked yeah. in the restoration space. Uh, we actually built a, a program. We're in the process of launching called Restoration Domination with a partner of mine who's got it. You know, I've advised and worked with him and he's got an eight figure restoration company. And it's a tough field. But when you can be the one, especially in your, when you're in the mold space and that's, you know, I've had a couple of clients in that space as well. You can get the leads for that because there's a big, there's a lot of people looking for help, but in restoration, it's tricky because it, there's no repeat business. Although there's responses from, you know, property managers and other people that are around properties that can find problems and notice water damage and stuff. But um, so you're working with lead development, you're helping someone scale. They're obviously building a multi-million dollar company. And mm -hmm. you're their heartbeat now for lead development. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. So you got to this point, you figure stuff out. Are you the copywriter too? Do you have a copywriting team? Right now it's me. I have a, an outsourced team that does blog creation. But right now I started my business about five months ago on my own. And so the last three months been averaging about $20,000 in my own business which for the fact that, you know, from nothing to something, it's, you know, it's not bad. I'm definitely looking to grow beyond that. And I've uh, built some crazy relationships. I have a fulfillment relationship with a Fortune 500 company uh, where they market and sell the clients and I deliver the service, which is great. And then I've got some other relationships that are, are growing uh, and moving in the right direction. So I'm excited for that and to build out my team as the year goes on, you know, started to, you know, put operational reserves aside and, 
you know, I've, uh, I've got my first employee in mind and they're going to help me with the sales side of things. And then I'll hire another person for operations. So it'll expand, uh, probably be up to four or five employees by the end of the year. What's your revenue goal for the year? 500,000 this year. Okay. And I should be doing a hundred thousand dollars a month by the end of the year. So I'll be on track for a 1.2 million next year without growth. Great. Do you have a production capability forecast? So you can clearly look at what are your operational costs going to be? Give me that question one more time. Do you have production capability mapped out like a forecast of people, materials, systems, so operational delivery costs that, that are going to be projected per month as you scale? So you know what's it going to cost? You know, what's the labor cost with the you know materials, time? Yeah. You get that. Yeah, no, obviously it's time. Yeah, you're right. Uh, so I've got that mapped out and the people that I'll need in the different roles that it's going to take for me to take it to that level. Yes. Awesome. That's great. Well, you're on your way to good things. So to get to this point, you had to make mistakes. I mean, we've all made mistakes. And I think there's two major ones I see. One are like, I just made this mistake and I don't know what happened or why I did that. I think I got excited, overly enthusiastic, dove into something that was a distraction. And the other part is you just do stuff that was wasteful, costs you money and needs to be stripped away. So let's start with the, if you just have something, you just, I strip this away and it's really making, moving things forward. What would be an example of that? Something that you had to, do you have an answer for that? Something you had to get rid of, like, do not do this. Yeah. I think it's, um, if you know you're not great at something, don't do it. Uh, like from an operational perspective, I've spent seven years doing these different things and getting really good copywriting, Facebook advertising, SEO, certain things, right? I'm really good at those things. I spent a year implementing a CRM, getting a 40-person team switched from one to another, getting it all fully implemented. I'm like, cool, I got this. But knowing that there's clients that I'm not the right fit for and going, they're like, Jeremy, I'm willing to pay you. I'm like, cool, I'm not the right fit for you. I can't sign you up. It's really painful, I think, as a business owner, because you go, there's a person asking me to take their money, but I had to you know, and I made the mistake. I've taken on clients. And then three months later, I'm like, ah, you know, I tried. I was transparent in the beginning. Like, hey, I don't know if this is going to be the right fit. They were like, let's do it anyways. I'm like, uh, and it didn't work out. And part of it was just, they were too small, uh, you know, and maybe not in the right niche for me. So for me, the thing to cut away was clients that aren't the right fit. Yeah. It's uh, your service is so comprehensive. You know, if I'm looking through the different services that you have, there's a lot of work that has to be done with setting up ads, getting the messaging right, understanding the products and the offers, writing the copy, you know, and again, I don't know exactly how you deliver your service, but once you go through that process, you probably have a really good idea where to say no. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, um, you know, if it's not B2B, if the business is like, it's probably for me, the biggest mistake I've made is startups uh, is taking on small clients that are like, hey, I'll pay you 200 bucks a month to run my Facebook ads. And I'm like, cool, I'll put a campaign together. And they're like, yeah, what? I need you to review it every single day and come up with brand new ideas. And I'm like, cool, that's it's not worth it at $200 a month, right. you know? <laughs> so for me, I think it's what I know now, which I didn't know in the beginning was just like, and I sort of had that in mind when I even put the business name together. I was just like, okay, B2B business experts. I'm like, that is my broad bucket. Mm. It's still pretty wide, right? I've got financial advisors, you know, different uh, niches, but I'm not doing B2C. So, okay. Well, that's great. Well, okay. So that's your, your waste thing is saying yes to projects. You've had a pretty short runway here so far, but yes. uh, lots of experience behind that. So do you have any good stories? You got to have some stories about like, I'm going to tell you this one, this don't do this. So I would love to hear that. <laughs> 
Okay. Um, or maybe just getting started. I mean, we do work with some clients, not as, not as often as the people who are already well established, but in the yeah. minimal CEO model, we help people turn their competitors into clients. So right. I dig what you do. And I love the fact that, you know, there's a lot of people teaching people like how to become a, how to become a consultant, how to become a coach. And the problem is a lot of people, that's not what they're looking to do, but if they could find a way to take something they could tweeze what makes them a genius, what makes them effective out of their business and get it in front of their competitors and say like, this could really help you. There's a bunch of little systems they can put in place where they don't have to be a consultant. Yes. And they'll get paid every month for that little bit of expertise that helps solve that major problem for their competitors. So you, you know, I know that, and I say no regularly, like actually to the point where we had over a thousand leads on one of my last launches for our company, just say, we're going to make this available. We did a webinar. We got so many responses that I had to say no to because I wanted to work exclusively with a really small handful of people and go get them some great results. You got to know who you are. So you know who you are, B2B business experts. So this has got to be leading to your story. So I'll let you keep going. Sure. Yeah. So, um, okay. Well, I think the biggest waste is such a broad bucket. So I guess for me, I worked at a consulting company. That was what I learned. That's what I knew. And I think the biggest mistake we made is not tracking data. So this is for any business owner. It's like, look, you need to know your income buckets. And uh, okay, got it. There's so many mistakes. So okay. the other. So there's two. I want to give you two. I want to try and limit it to that, uh, minimize to that. So I think one is not having enough of a product suite, right? So if you only do one thing, and you cannot sell your clients anything else, even if it's a, a recurring service. So we were in the consulting space. We had a two-year contract. And once the two-year contract was done, we stopped consulting. And we lost so much money off the fact that we did not have a service that would take clients that won with our two-year consulting program and take them to the next level. I mean, it took us seven years until we actually created that next level of service. And they were paying us about $2,000 a month on the consulting side. And then once we finally created it, we actually created a $10,000 a month consulting service beyond that after the two years for them. Basically, it was to help them scale from a single location to multiple locations, different than what you've got going on. This is definitely not minimalist. This was definitely like more like the, the management <laughs> structure, the whole nine yards. We've done a ton of that. And what I, what I learned over the years, I, I used to do contract CEO work is that when someone goes through our system, they get all the way up to, we have seven pillars. And one of the pillars is business flow. Once they get to that point, they get to that business flow. It's, they can have multiple locations. They can decide to grow. They can be the owner of all the other locations. They can put management in place. They can have a scaling structure where everything's internal. We have one person who we just uh, had on the podcast the other day. I don't know how many dozens of locations he has. He's doing over hundred and I think $125 million in the restoration rebuild space. Wow. And um, so getting to that, we the thing is, I don't go in and, and put myself in as the contract CEO anymore because I know that what I love is getting people to the point where they can make that decision. They've got the systems in place and they can do it and they can go through different parts of the training. They can they can be part of a group mentoring call. You know, we can have, you know, sometimes I'll do some laser focused sessions or summits where I can, you know, they can do a workshop over three or four days and we can really get them organized and get things on track. But I think people tend to complicate that process so much that it's sort of this big, complicated, ongoing monthly thing when like a business flow system, you can get together in one day by answering questionnaires and be like, here's the story. Here's our client experience. Here's our experience. Here's our processes. 
You have a couple little tributaries that you have to go off each one to have documents, checklists, and then you're done. And even yeah. though you're going to tweak it, you know, there's only really eight business focus centers. So I, it becomes really overly complicated. So the for me, it's not just about that you can't grow and plant and scale and do all those kinds of things with an operation. It's just that you don't need me there the whole time to do it. So that's why we have our different level mentoring programs. We get we might get 10, five or 10 people scaling their corporation in the room where some are doing six, seven, eight figure weeks. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. we're all going to learn from each other, <laughs> but I'm going to meet with all of you at the same time. And then I'm going to go and take my kids to the water park. <laughs> That's right. You know, it's like, if you have the freedom to exit your role, right? Like you've obviously built a business where the business is not dependent on you, right? Which is the beauty of what you're doing. So, and I think that's every business should be built that way. Cause I think if, if you haven't built the business to a point where you are irrelevant for your business, then you've not done a good job. Ideally, you should be able to leave your business for six months and come back. Uh, and it should be bigger than when you left it. Yeah. No, that's great. I love that. I love what you're doing, Jeremy. And as a matter of fact, it's inspiring because you know I work with my Rolodex is pretty good, but just a handful of some of really key people I've worked with over you know six, some to 15 years who just get how to go generate leads and get people clients. But what we've said to our clients regularly is when they come in, hey, I just really need to get more clients, get more sales. Like you can't sell your way out of the box you've framed yourself in, getting more of the wrong work, getting more of the work that isn't in a good system. It's sort of like a race. You know, God, I use an example today. If a plane is about to crash and it's just heading to the ground and you get them motivated and you drive more sales, it's like, it's just a bigger mess that crashes. <laughs> and it, it, gets I like there, that. it gets there faster. So, you know, and I had that point. I mean, at one point I had a quarter of a million dollar check on the seat next to me in my car and I'm driving home and I was, I was crushed. I was like, I don't want to do this work. This isn't what I want. This isn't what I wished for. So, yeah. I, you know, I got to that place where I just decided what I wanted my lifestyle to look like. And I built my business around it and um, I've been able to do lots of, little things that have generated big proceeds where I don't have to be there. So I think people need you. And, you know, I think we're going to title this episode. I don't know. I think we're going to call it, you know, B2B plug and play here. Oh, I like that. B2B. How's that sound for a title? People need to get access to you. We're reaching at this point, we're reaching millions of people, not just with the podcast, but in our social media, we've tons of great clients. And every now and then I, I come across someone what I'd love to do, I don't know if you're open to this, I'd like to do a little test mm-hmm. with you. Yeah, and why don't we show people the process with the test? Why don't we make it transparent? Yeah. And then when when the clients are coming in and they need the plug and play piece, in this case, I've got my uh, I've got my pillars up. So the launch piece, that that's pillar four. So step number four, once they have validation of their offer and they know mm-hmm. it's new demand, they know that people are lining up for it. We just got to plug and play the person who knows how to put their brand on the map and make sure people see the offer in the places where their eyeballs are. That's right. So I think it'd be great to do like a, a live case study, show people, you don't have to show them all your special sauce, but show them, hey, I'm taking this, I'm running with it. Here's what happened. W- would you be open to doing like a little challenge like that and show the world? Oh yeah, let's do it. All right, cool. Let's do it. This is great. Jeremy, before we wrap up, I love what you shared so far. I think your business is solid. You're on the right track. Um, I want you to see me as a resource because I notice when I can help someone move forward even faster, which I'm already seeing with you right now. Um, I think this conversation will be part of that. I like to help. So 
I would love it if if you could just define what your ideal outcome is over the next 90 days. And I think this is going to be good. You've, you've built a business. You know what you're doing. You're a clear-minded thinker. What would you like to see happen over the next 90 days? You push the button, wave the magic wand. What would it look like? Next 90 days, uh, go from where I am today, uh, expand my team to a point where I probably in the next 90 days, add a sales and operations person, you know, that'll probably be within the next 90 days. Yep. I could see that. And then revenues from 20,000 to about 60 to $70,000 a month. Okay. So you want to get to 70K in 90 days. Okay. Yep. So we got August, September, October. Yeah. That still gives me November and December to get to a hundred. Hmm. Let's talk about that process. I have some people I want to introduce you to. That's great. It's clear-minded. You know where you're going. I think this has been a great interview. I actually love the idea of the way you've set up your business. And I'm really glad people are hearing you. I'm going to make sure in the show notes, people have a way to get in touch with you. Is there anything you'd like to leave a business owner just as a sort of like a, a final thought? Because clearly you figured out the piece of the puzzle that most businesses are worried about right now, you know, short of having the right product or understanding where their juice is, which is a big part of, you know, that of what we do. Um, what would you like to, if you say, call that, let's call this the billboard moment that uh, the Tim Ferriss does. You get a billboard, you can put anything on it. What do you want to tell our listeners on this billboard that they can see millions of people see it? What would it say? Always market your business. No matter what, you got to keep marketing because if you're not promoting your business, nobody else is going to do it for you. So I think that at the end of the day, if you know your business is the right product, you have a responsibility and an obligation to promote it to as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even if it doesn't work, right? Like, oh, I worked with somebody, it didn't work. That does not mean you stop marketing, right? It just means you keep going until you find the right person. Yeah, I love it. You know what I love too is I think one of the big lessons that I've had is if you're not marketing, why aren't you marketing? And it's usually like, I'm not buying what I'm selling. I'm not believing what I'm selling or um, something needs to change. Something needs to shift. And I have a process called the piss list, which it's like, what are the issues? Let's get it addressed. Because if you can't go out and tell someone exactly what it is that you do, then you don't know what you're doing. So therefore you can't offer it, you can't market it. So right. I think that's great. So you, you got your billboard up there, always be marketing. Always be marketing. Okay, I love that. And let's make sure people can get in touch with you. And then if they get in touch with you and they're, they want to compete instead of have new demand, get out in that blue ocean, I'd be glad to help. <laughs> oh, I'll send them over to you. I'll be like, okay. You guys ready to, to turn your competitors into clients? Well, you Thanks know what? Uh, clients for life, that's a much better, you know, I like the idea of what's the lifetime value of a client. One of my mentors who I worked with, Chet Holmes, said, what's the yeah. lifetime value of your client? And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, well, how many times has a client left where if they had stayed, you'd have thousands of clients right now and they'd be paying you all the time. And then you, your exit strategy would have been very elegant. Like, oh, yes. Great. So I love what you're doing. This is great. I appreciate Jeremy that you're on the podcast and that you took the time to be here, share some of your insights. And I'm glad we're, we're getting in touch. I think we're going to do some fun stuff. I agree. I appreciate you having me here, Nate. Awesome. All right, everyone. This was Jeremy Haug and he is the founder. I'm going to keep working on the name Haug, B2B <laughs> business experts. I got the Jeremy part down. This is this Jeremy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jeremy's easy. <laughs> yeah. The artist formerly known as. So um, I'm glad you were here. I hope everyone enjoyed that, that episode. There's going to be more good stuff coming. What we're trying to do is drill down to how do you get the plug and play pieces into your business that are essential without trying to do the things that are not your gifts. So download the episode, make sure you subscribe, make sure that you share it, go to the Minimalist CEO Facebook page, comment on our post, look for our Facebook lives, ask us questions, send an email. If you want to reach out to me, Nate Lindquist, you know, I'm the founder of Inspire, the CEO 
lead coach in my team. I love helping. Send an email to help at theminimalceo.com. By all means, I'm, I'm glad to make sure that I respond to just about every question that comes in, or you'll notice a Facebook Live will go up answering the question that you had when you sent it. So if you want to turn your competitors into clients, you want to start focusing on what's essential, do less, but better. Shout out to Greg McEwen. I think it's Greg McEwen. I don't know. The essentialist, essentialism. <laughs> okay. We got it close enough. Um, All good. This has been great. Thanks again, Jeremy. All right. We done. We out.